Today's episode is brought to you by University Credit Union. University Credit Union invites LMU students, alumni, staff, and faculty to open a university checking account. You can earn up to 5% APY on your university checking account for the banking you already do. Visit ucu.org to join today. Federally insured by NCUA, terms and conditions apply. It's time for Conversations with Craig. LMU Athletic Director Craig Pintins takes you behind the scenes with the Lions, the West Coast Conference, and Collegiate Athletics. And now, our host, Athletic Director Craig Pintins. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Conversations with Craig. Hard to believe that we have done 11 of these in a pretty short amount of time, although sometimes it seems like it's really long. But here we are today. Uh, we are joined by our assistant men's golf coach, Mike McCabe, and freshman budding superstar, I'm going to call him, Riley Lewis. And since this is episode 11, we like to pick a, a famous number 11 and name the episode after. Obviously, golfers don't wear numbers, so we couldn't go in that direction. There aren't really a lot of great number 11s. Larry Fitzgerald, he deserves a lot of credit. He's been a, a great number 11. But I'm going to choose one off the board here, a little bit further down the list. Sebastian Janikowski, the kicker, Seabass, from the Raiders, who wore number 11 uh, and, and is famous for kicking for so many years for some really bad teams. Sorry, Raider fans. All right. So without further ado, we'll kind of jump right into it. Uh, let's start with you, Riley. What has it been like, kind of twofold here, to be a high school senior uh, and kind of have your high school senior year kind of ripped away. Uh, and, and here you are as a freshman and your freshman experience is a little bit different than maybe what you anticipated. So walk me through kind of emotions of the last seven, eight months. Well, yeah, I mean, we were supposed to have a spring season for golf. Um, I think it started in like, like we had like two weeks of practice and then the quarantine happened. So the season got canceled. But uh, the school I went to, the high school I went to uh, kind of, whooped our butts with a lot of work and a lot of tough classes early on. So I actually finished high school in February before it all happened. So that part was all right, but not being able to, I guess, play for the high school team was a little tough. Um, thankfully in Arizona, uh, the governor allowed us to, or the Doug Ducey allowed us to continue to play golf, um, which was a blessing to be honest. Uh, so it helped me prepare quite a bit while I was in quarantine. Uh, yeah, I know that, that that's a, a huge benefit to be in Arizona and to continue to play and and really you know golf is the the only sport uh for a while that we participated in this fall and coach McCabe uh you know what was that like to to know you had the whole entire athletic department on your back going into that first tournament and, and you had a, a great showing yeah I mean um as, as a fairly new coach myself, it was quite a bit of a learning experience for Jason and myself to navigate everything. Uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with a number of different athletic directors yourself. And, you know, fortunately for us, we got the approval to play. And Jason and I were scheduling a tournament out here at uh, Rustic Canyon here in Ventura County. And we're kind of throwing ideas back and forth and um, a, a local mini tour professional mini tour in California was starting up um, an amateur series so we figured what better to reach out to them and have a third party 
um, kind of host these events and have other WCC schools join and, and kind of compete under that Golden State Tour, um, tour umbrella. So um, it was, I mean, a big learning experience and it got off, you know, it got our team playing three events in this fall, which, you know, you look at all the other schools that weren't as fortunate. It, it, it was pretty cool. And especially since the WCC is turning into a very strong golf conference, I think, um, you know, nothing better than see our guys compete against best teams in the country for sure. And, and compete. We did, uh, finishing second in that first tournament behind yep. Pepperdine, who has, has been ranked in the top five all year, ranked one uh, in the spring and, and been ranked at one at various points in the fall. Riley, you made this seem pretty easy. You, you've shot, <laughs> shoot a 66. Is that right? 66 in your first collegiate round. I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. He knows what it was. It was a 66. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll, I'll just refresh everybody's memory, but what, what, uh, were you nervous at all competing or, I mean, was it just, did it just seem like another round of golf to you? Well, I mean, to be honest, I've always been pretty nervous golfer, but I, I had really good preparation going into that week. And so it kind of calmed me quite a bit on the first like three or four holes. And I started out with a birdie on my first hole of collegiate golf too, which was, I don't know if it calmed me down or kind of hyped me up <laughs> in the moment. It was pretty nice. Um, well, but, how, Mike, talk about that. Is he, is he a nervous golfer? You know, he wouldn't, what's, what's the phrase where, you know, ducks on the pond, like the, all the ducks look really calm above water, but yeah. they're paddling like crazy underneath the water. You know, you walk in with Riley, I've, I've walked with him a number of holes now through those three events and you would never know it. So it's, it's very surprising hearing him describe himself as that, that sort of golfer, to be honest. So what kind of golfer is he? Is he, does he, at, as a freshman, because a lot of, mm -hmm. this is a, a struggle for a lot of freshmen, is course management. Yes. Uh, does, does Riley have great course management yet, or is it something he's still working on? Well, well shoot, that, that uh, first event at Pasadena up there in Monterey, I mean, all the holes I was with Riley, he didn't miss too many shots. You know, I mean, he finished fifth, his very first collegiate tournament. I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, Riley, but you were about 10 under par. He's coming off his first qualifying in college golf, seven rounds of golf where he shot 28 under par. So, you know, he, it sure didn't look like he was struggling too much, um, which from, as a coach, Jason and I couldn't have been more excited. And, um, you know, we, the second event at La Parisma, a, a little bit more difficult golf course. So um, certainly showed some area that he can still improve, but nonetheless, he certainly showed what he's capable of, which is exciting as a coach. So Riley, when, when a uh, coach says all those, those great things to you, don't let it, don't let it go to your head. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but one of the things that I think is, is unique is you really didn't have an opportunity to spend too much time on campus. Um, so you, you kind of, you were here and, and obviously that's a, a unique thing, but you didn't get the, the feel of campus life. What was it like kind of being here in the fall with kind of just athletes around and, and not too, too much activity on campus? Did, did you kind of like it because you zoned in on golf or, or did you feel like you're missing a little something? I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of a golf and school guy. <laughs> I don't hang out with too many people unless I'm really close to them. 
So I guess I didn't really get too close to people being um, on campus, not around too many people, but I did learn how to cook a lot better. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> my mom taught me going in and it proved useful. That's for sure. That's, that's well, and, and just so everybody knows that freshmen normally don't have uh, that type of luxury, but everybody had a kitchenette. So what, what was your go-to? What, what are you good at making? What did your mom teach you? And then what did you go to kind of, what was your go-to meal? So we made like a bunch of different types of chicken, uh, up, like during the summer and then right before, right before I left. And so I just started trying different stuff with chicken and like, I like ramen a lot. So I tried putting chicken in ramen and then I'd add like green onions and then I tried chicken with rice and then like add soy sauce to it or something. And I tried, this might've been a mistake, but I tried ramen with like mayo and mustard and it wasn't actually terrible. It was actually pretty good, but it didn't look appealing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, you know what, Riley, the beauty of that is you don't know what it's going to be like until you, you try it. And I think, you know, that's what college is about is trying new things. And if it happens to be mayo uh, <laughs> with, with chicken and, and rice and, and whatever concoction you're making, you, you sometimes learn from from those mistakes, but it, it sounds like a great plan going in because all those ingredients you just mentioned are delicious, but maybe not in, in that perfect combination. So exactly. I got to ask you, you got the, the wonderful LMU flag behind you, but I also see a Cowboys hat there. Are you a Cowboys fan? Uh, yeah, it's been a rough year. <laughs> it's been a rough year. What, Say the least. what are your what are your thoughts on, I mean, obviously Dak Prescott gets injured and you're, you're struggling on a new coach. What uh what are you looking for in the draft next year at this point? Well, hopefully Dak Prescott gets back within the next couple of years. That would be a dream situation. But our defense is allowing a lot of points. <laughs> that's I feel like that's the biggest issue there. Huh? Maybe getting used to Andy Dalton a bit for the next few weeks. D defensive help, yeah. defensive help in the draft. That's that's a yeah, good thing. for sure. Co Coach McCabe, how do you how do you navigate through the stress of of the pandemic? You you obviously. You've got, uh, it's different for everybody, but for student athletes, it's, it's especially challenging because they're trying to navigate being a, a normal, normal student in difficult times and, and then also trying to navigate the, just the, the golf situation as well. Yeah, so I mean, how, how do you kind of keep the guys on the same page? You know, I, I think we've been very blessed to even be able to play golf in the first place. I mean, to answer your question, um, you know, being able to get outside for rounds of golf, four hours, you know, at a sitting and get some fresh air and, and work on these, their craft, which they care so much about and want to do their best to per perfect. I think that in and of itself has been an, you know, a big help on, on getting through this pandemic. You know, a lot of other teams haven't been so lucky and have been very, you know, all the indoor stuff is very limited. So, just being able to get outdoors with your teammates and like, like Riley was saying back at home at Arizona, he's still able to get out and play. And then on top of that, you know, combining that with, uh, you know, team zoom calls and, and approaching, you know, what's everybody reading, what sort of kind of mental podcasts, mental books, is everybody doing their best to constantly improve their own mental well-being? I mean, all of that I think is incredibly helpful during a pandemic time. And I, I feel the fact that I, I believe it all started with like the PGA tour being able to show that it, it one, it was possible. And then on top of that, um, you know, having the support of the athletic department and allowing us to compete was, I mean, shoot. 
just getting outdoors and with your buddies. I mean, that's, that's kind of what mental health's all about. So we've been very fortunate. No, we're, we're, we're really happy that all of our teams were able to train uh, this fall. Men's golf was able to compete in their fall season, which is great. And, and had a, a really successful fall campaign looking forward to the spring. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in, with, with teams in the spring uh, and yeah. what happens really with the golf rankings, because everybody has a little bit different body of work in terms of number of uh, meets that they're going to compete in. So Riley, you obviously said you're a golf and school type of guy, which leads me to believe that your hobby is also golf. But during the pandemic, everybody has watched something on Netflix that, or, or Hulu or, or whatever, Amazon Prime, whatever. we're equal. We don't, we're not getting paid by anybody. So we're going to mention all of them. <laughs> um, Riley, what, what have you watched kind of during the pandemic uh, that, that you liked, that you enjoyed? um i'm not sure about any specific shows i watched a lot of anime which is like kind of japanese teen shows some people call them japanese cartoons but so you know uh but i guess i started watching uh the michael jordan 30 for 30 on netflix um i actually watched started that during uh first this semester and i thought that was incredible i liked michael jordan's i never knew anything about him really so watching that was pretty awesome yeah, no, I could wax poetic on on Michael Jordan. The ironic thing is, I I grew up in Wisconsin, a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan. Absolutely hated Michael Jordan when he played because <laughs> obviously he destroyed the Bucks numerous times throughout his career. Uh, but had a, a tremendous amount of respect for him, and and the Last Dance was a tremendous insight into what kind of a competitor uh, Michael Jordan was, and I think that's what makes him so unique. What did you learn from an athletic standpoint about watching something like The Last Dance in terms of what kind of makes Jordan tick and how can you apply that to your game? Well, first of all, he worked a lot harder than like pretty much everybody else. Um, it's kind of like watching Kobe's videos and interviews and stuff. It's It kind of opened my, it opens my uh, eyes to the fact that I'm not working. Like I, I say I'm working hard, but it, I'm actually not working as hard as I could be. And then it's motivating there. So it's just, uh, it comes down to discipline there, just being uh, kind of straight with myself, being hard on myself with following a certain regimen every day. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. I think, you know, clearly if you're a collegiate athlete, there's a combination of a number of factors. You're obviously very talented at your sport and you have worked to a certain extent to get where you are, but to make that next step, uh, the amount of work that it requires is, is pretty crazy. And I think that's what does mm-hmm. separate somebody like a Michael Jordan. That's a great point, Riley. Who's your favorite pro golfer? I would say Xander. I, I've, I watched Xander when he was at San Diego State with my dad, since he's an alum of San Diego State. Um, and I don't think anybody really knew who he was. Uh, and then he came out a couple years later and we were like, hey, we know him. <laughs> it's like, we've seen him before. And he's doing really well watching him. His, like, I'm a big stats guy too. I like looking into golf statistics. And like Xander and Patrick Cantlay, I love those watching those two just because they're so they're so solid, you know, they're just everywhere. So, what is the most important stat in golf to you? I mean, scoring average is pretty important. But... <laughs> That's a great answer. You're right. That, that, that pretty much shuts it down. That is the, the best yeah. one. But but to get to scoring average, which is the ultimate goal, right. what what is what are you looking at? Is it is it greens and regulation? Is it par saves? Are we 
looking at driving distance, uh, drives in the fairway. What what is it? Putts. So I did. I took a stats class last my last year of high school uh, as a capstone kind of class, and I did a present or like did a kind of a Excel spreadsheet on everything, and I found out that driving distance has a massive uh, kind of correlation with uh, scoring average. Uh, and I went by world ranking. So I think I went the top 25 or top 25 or 30, I forget, but, um, and tried to map the graph, uh, graph out all the stats with each other that I thought would make sense. So I found driving distance and then like just overall inside like a hundred yards, um, everywhere around the greens inside hundred yards from 90, 80 yards out, just wedges and a, I guess wedges is the biggest key, at least that I've known or found out in my experience as well. Coach McCabe, is he right? That sounds pretty I, you know, uh, high tech. I, So I'm going to throw a stat at you that just came out this week. I mean, so originally what Riley said about distance, 100% agree. You know, you see Bryson DeChambeau and the su success he's had this year. But the stat about Bryson that came out this week was he only missed. So I think they charted like 1,100 putts and he only missed 95 out of 1100 putts inside 10 feet. So he was like 90, no, 92.8%. So you combine those two, that's a pretty lethal combo. Uh, yeah. you know, there's, I, I've, I personally have never won a tournament putting poorly. So you, to win tournaments, you have to putt well. Drive for show, putt for dough. That's what they say. <laughs> that's what uh, they say, exactly. Uh, that would probably be true. You know, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, college golf the last few years because a lot of the collegiate golfers have had a lot of instant success in the last three or four years on the tour almost immediately. When you look at somebody like a John Rahm from Arizona State or DeChambeau from SMU, uh, Wolf from Oklahoma State, I mean, the, these guys are coming out and making almost an immediate impact on the tour after they they get status or even uh, Morikawa from Cal. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Riley, not to, to put any pressure on you, but if, if you work hard in, in golf, let's, let's say that golf works out, we want it to, but if it doesn't work out, what, uh, what are you looking into? What is your major right now? Or what are you thinking about doing? So because I'm like stats kind of data, um, I, I chose information systems and business analytics, just kind of like data in the business school. So if golf doesn't end up working out and falling my way, then probably going to go somewhere in there. I haven't actually explored anything outside of that. Um, <laughs> haven't really gotten to any major classes or major requirements yet either. So <laughs> still it's a good looking plan. at that. Yeah. Hey, Mike Tyson said it's a, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So right, until, right. <laughs> until you take a couple of those classes, we'll find out. But it sounds like a great plan. And nonetheless, I think, you know, it is, it does require uh, a blend of analytics and of skill and, and intuition to, to be a successful golfer in today's game. So uh, any, any final thoughts, Coach McCabe, for us to shut it down? Yeah, when, uh, just curious, when was the last time you took a few swings uh, on the driving range or that's golf a, course? That's a great question. You know what? I had back surgery this summer, so I haven't taken any this summer. Um, you know, I probably in January, actually, uh, or February, whenever we played at BYU, my son and I went to Top Golf 
uh, where I utilized the really bad clubs I had and tried to hit it over the net um, as many times as I could. And, you know, you don't really get any extra, you, you don't get many points and for doing that, but it's just fun to do. So that was probably the last time I actually okay. swung a club. I am a great scramble player uh, <laughs> because people remember the, the bomb that I hit, but they don't remember the other five that, that veered off out of play or went in the water or somewhere else. They only remember the one that you bombed because if I was playing for myself, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, my, my fairway accuracy was not there. So okay. that's a great question, Coach yeah. McCabe. Yeah. I'll get out there at some point. Yeah, we'd love to have you out. I'll come out there and, and uh, you can analyze what's wrong with me. Yeah, uh, we'll just go out and have a good time. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. Well, thank you for Coach McCabe and for Riley Lewis. Great job today on the podcast, Riley. Really looking forward to getting out and hopefully watching you play this spring. But if I don't get out this spring to watch you, I, I certainly will have a lot of opportunities over the course of the next few years. And Look forward to kind of watching your game and watching you grow as a person. This has been episode 11 of Conversations with Craig. It ended up being the Sebastian Janikowski episode dedicated to all those Los Angeles Raiders fans because we know that's really where they should be. Thank you for tuning in. Go Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions. Lions, thank you for listening to Conversations with Craig. Join us next month as LMU Athletic Director Craig Pintons continues to take you behind the scenes with the Lions.